All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons and I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are reacting to the Falcons roster cuts as well as their initial 53 man roster. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at Falcfans, and of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and today's episode of Locked On Falcons will be dealing with all the things surrounding the Falcons' final cuts. And the makeup of their initial 53-man roster. We'll talk about some of the surprises. We'll talk about some of the possible moves that we may get later this week. Uh, possibly today, as many of you are listening to this on Wednesday. We'll go through the offense and defense and sort of highlight uh, some of the players that made it, some of the players that didn't make it, and whatnot. But before we get into all of that, I do want to let you guys know about the Ultimate season preview ongoing right now here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, beginning on Monday, going through every team, every division on a separate feed. If you are subscribed to the Ultimate Season Preview, or if you were already subscribed to the previous incarnations of this feed with the NBA mock draft or the NFL mock draft, you're good to go. But if you're not subscribed, head over to the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform and search for the ultimate season preview 2021. You'll find it and you'll get insights from the various locked on hosts, including myself, as well as Odyssey experts like Ross Tucker and Jason Lockham for. So check that out. That's running this week as well as next week, leading you guys up to this 2021 season. So starting things off, let's talk about some of the surprises or lack thereof with the Falcons roster and not a whole lot of surprises. Probably the biggest surprise for me in this sort of initial roster was Felipe Franks making it as the third quarterback. You know, the idea of the Falcons carrying three quarterbacks was something I outright dismissed on, I think, Monday's episode. Uh, so I'll be curious if the Falcons wind up, you know, keeping to that. Franks is one of two undrafted free agents that did make the team, including Louisville linebacker Dorian Etheridge, also making the cut. I think probably most people thought in terms of undrafted free agents going into the summer that a running back was likely to be the candidate. Of course, that started off with J.B. and Hawkins, Etheridge's Louisville teammate, and then that moved to Caleb Huntley. Um, the other running back, but Huntley was also cut, which I guess is a mild surprise, although not a total shocker because I believe it was Friday's episode. We talked about the possibility that the Falcons might only keep three running backs on the roster and that would sort of pave the way for them to keep six wide receivers, which they did wind up doing by keeping both Christian Blake and Frank Darby. And so Darby making the team means that all 20, all of the Falcons 2021 draft picks did wind up making the initial cut, but Circling back to Felipe Franks making the team, both he and Josh Rosen made the team. And it did seem like after Sunday's preseason game against the Browns that Rosen had sort of leapfrog Franks with his performance in the second half of that game. Um, and the possibility probably still exists that the Falcons will sign a, a veteran quarterback potentially on Wednesday or later this week. And no, that's 
not going to be Cam Newton, but Brian Hoyer did get cut by the Patriots in addition to Cam Newton, although there have been reports out there that there are expectations that the Patriots will bring him back at some point to be the backup to Mac Jones. There, Trevor Simeon was cut by the Saints, but I also read some reports that the Saints may try to keep him around as well later on. Chase Daniel uh, survived the initial cuts in L.A., and Matt Barkley initially survived the cuts in Tennessee, although I wonder if a lot of that is hinging on Ryan Tannehill clearing the COVID protocol. And once that happens, either at the end of this week or next week, you might see the Titans decide to move on from Matt Barkley and maybe he'll become available. But, you know, this is why uh, myself and others will emphasize the term initial in terms of the aspect of, of this current roster, because there are still potential moves to be made. And whether that's waiver claims, whether that's free agent signings or whether that's trades, uh, we could see all that stuff happening over the next couple of days. And for me, at least, I'm assuming Felipe Franks is kind of a placeholder for a quarterback to be named later. And it seemed like Arthur Smith in his press conference that he had on Tuesday kind of intimated as much. You don't really see, you know, I'd be surprised if the Falcons carry three quarterbacks in the roster, particularly if two of them are under the age of 25, like you have in, in Franks and Rosen. And I there, certainly think you can sort of outright criticize the decision to carry three quarterbacks as sort of completely unnecessary in, in this day and age. Um, but if you were to carry three quarterbacks, one would assume that at least one of them would be a veteran, or at least one of the backups, I should say, would be a veteran. Obviously, Matt Ryan's a veteran. Um, and the reason being is like you don't the idea of sort of simultaneously trying to develop two young quarterbacks when you barely have the practice reps for a second quarterback beyond the starter, like the starter is going to take pretty much all the reps. And so you're kind of it's not to say you're wasting time with two young quarterbacks, but it's just you you just you barely have any reps for a second quarterback. And so the idea that a third quarterback that also needs reps because he's young you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense in that regard. So I'm uh, moving on from that sort of mild surprise to the other surprise or major surprise for me, I guess the biggest second biggest surprise was the retention of cornerback Kendall Sheffield. And we talked about going into camp that I felt like one of either Sheffield or Isaiah Oliver would wind up getting cut. And sort of my initial expectation was that Oliver would be the guy that would get the ax, but it became increasingly clear as camp rolled on that Oliver's grip on the roster spot in that starting nickel cornerback spot was pretty firm. But meanwhile, we've seen over these last couple of weeks, really, you know, pretty much the entire month of August, Sheffield has been sidelined with an undisclosed injury, which is why we continuously saw TJ Green in the preseason games get those reps at that left guard, left cornerback uh, position. So it seemed like, you know, all signs were pointing towards Sheffield essentially getting the axe because of a lack of availability. As they say, the best ability is availability. But he winds up at least sticking around through this initial phase of the roster. And, and I guess there's a, probably a chance that he might be headed for the short term injured reserve, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on today's episode. So we'll sort of see how long it lasts for the Falcons to carry 11 defensive backs currently on their team with guys like Sheffield green and, and, and others making the cut. Um, now granted, I predicted the team to keep 11 defensive backs, but it, it does seem like that if the team does need to free up a roster space spot, you know, quickly, um, you know, one of those 11 defensive backs would be an obvious candidate to go. And as we discussed last week, the Falcons are very high in the waiver claim order due to their four and 12 lack record last year. So they're fourth in the waiver claim order. And that will remain the case for the first three weeks of the regular season. 
But we should also note that players with four or more years of experience do not have to pass through waivers. So in an alternate universe where the Falcons would be compelled to go after Cam Newton or probably in this universe where the Falcons may have some interest in a Trevor Simeon or Brian Hoyer, they can't claim those guys. They would have to negotiate with them and sign them like they were any other free agent currently because they don't have to go through waivers because they have four or more years of NFL experience. So we'll see what moves or or lack thereof the Falcons might make, um, you know, potentially – for tomorrow's episode, uh, you guys are listening to this today, but uh, we'll sort of explore some of the more compelling storylines and the breakdown of the roster, you know, the guys that did and did not make the team. Um, and we'll start things off with the offense. And before we get into that, guys, I do want to plug the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast, you know, with all these cuts, who's going to benefit, you know, qui bono, whatever, who, who benefits, uh, um, I probably butchered that. I apologize. But like, you know, you want to know like, okay, who's now got an opportunity to make an impact on fantasy uh, now. And so of course, Vinny Iyer is going to have you covered there. The host of the locked on fantasy football podcast, getting you the data and info that you need to give you that daily edge uh, to help you win your fantasy league. Subscribe to the locked on fantasy football podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So it's that time of year again, guys, and all eyes are now on football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest open now only at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th in the season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, and even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So looking at the the roster construction for the offense, and we touched upon the quarterback situation earlier and many times previously on the podcast. And it's one of those situations that I, I hope we don't necessarily obsess too much about the quarterback situation moving forward. And I joked on Twitter that I hope we don't spend the next five years obsessing about every free agent quarterback that becomes available because we think Arthur Smith is going to be able to turn that guy's career around like he did Ryan Tannehill, similar to in past off seasons where it seemed like we were always shopping for the next Michael Bennett. And whether that was Adrian Claiborne, Derek Shelby, Jack Crawford, Tack McKinley, Courtney Upshaw, et cetera, as well as probably dozens of draft prospects. It seemed like everybody was like, Oh, this guy could be our version of Michael Bennett. Um, based off of Dan Quinn's success having Michael Bennett uh, in Seattle. And, you know, obviously I don't think the conversation surrounding the quarterback is going to end in addition, you know, because that's just the nature of the beast, but also because there's an opportunity, as I mentioned earlier, that the Falcons might still add a quarterback uh, later this week. Um, but, you know, hopefully after this week or so, we won't have to spend two minutes time talking about the quarterback conversation because someone said this to me and, and I'll sort of echo the same sentiments. The only quarterback that I think people should be, or at least Falcon fans should be 
overly concerned with Arthur Smith sort of revitalizing or reclaiming his career is Matt Ryan. Um, and when it comes to sort of the succession plan that I think uh, there is a tendency among a certain segment of Falcon fans to kind of obsess about, you know, in my opinion, it's something that I personally am going to only worry about when it's time to move on from Matt Ryan, since the probability is very high that the Falcons won't be developing a replacement for Matt Ryan, you know, or let's say the probability of them developing a replacement for Matt Ryan is very low. Right. Um, and you know, you, you go back over the last 10, 15 years, there aren't that many examples of a quarterback that was groomed long-term to be a starter. You got players like Matt Schaub, Jimmy Garoppolo, and those were two examples of, of teams that groomed a starter for another team. Um, and when it comes to teams grooming their own sort of in-house options for a couple of years, again, almost every example of a quarterback that was quote unquote developed played within a year of their NFL career, right? Like the most examples, at least over the last five, seven years are all guys that sat for a year and every, almost everybody else, every starting quarterback in the league basically played as a rookie or played in year two. Uh, I think Kirk cousins might be the most recent example of a player. Going back to his days in Washington, that sat for like three years before he became a starter in this league. And again, that was almost a decade ago. So, you know, despite Josh Rosen having a, a nice couple of throws in that Sunday game against the Browns, I think if you're expecting him to be anything more than a career backup at this point in time, you know, you're betting on an outcome that, you know, has basically occurred one time in the past decade. But I know some of you are like, well, Aaron, you were saying that Josh Rosen wasn't even going to make the team, which look, look, you know, the arrow's pointing up, right? He's gone from a camp body to a possible, possible backup quarterback. So, you know, never can say never, but I think, you know, that next leap that uh, he would have to make to become a potential Matt Ryan replacement is a pretty big leap. Uh, again, we're, we're talking about, you know, all he had to do to make the roster was basically make five good throws, which he did. Uh, you know, I think he's going to have to be able to make more than five good throws in a preseason game uh, in order to earn the starting quarterback position down the road. But we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So my point is, if you want to be optimistic about Josh Rosen's chances or wh whoever's chances, uh, be my guest. But I think you can understand why someone like myself is not going to really put much stock in that. That's all I'm saying. So moving on to the running back position, only three running backs made the roster. Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, Quadri Olison, one fullback, of course, and Keith Smith. Though the Falcons depth chart continues to refuse to acknowledge the existence of the fullback position. And this is why I hate Arthur Smith and Terry. Fon no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, I think we'll probably see Caleb Huntley return on the practice guide, but we'll see how that goes. Six wide receivers, as I mentioned earlier, Blake and Darby both sticking. Chris Rowland did not make the cut losing that roster spot to rookie cornerback Avery Williams, who presumably will be the team's punt returner as uh, Patterson works as the kickoff returner. Tajay Sharp did make the cut as well as one of those six wide receivers. And I'll be curious to see if the Falcons do, you know, pursue a speedy wide receiver off waivers. I would love to see it, but I'm not going to hold my breath because, you know, I, I've been taught over 30 years of being a Falcon fan to always lower your expectations. Right? <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm praying for Tyron Johnson. The Chargers received that got cut, but like, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Only three tight ends making it, which was a surprise. But uh, Parker Hesse, uh, the guy that I thought would make it as the fourth tight end due to his blocking ability is on the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, that he was put on that on Tuesday. And since we know he is vaccinated, that means that he should be able to come off of that list. I believe the rules are 
two negative tests, you know, being asymptomatic in two negative tests, um, you know, 24 hours apart, uh, which basically means, you know, in theory, he could come off of that list on as early as Thursday, I, I believe. Um, so if that's the case, you know, if he does come off of that reserve COVID list later this week or in a couple of days, however long, presumably the Falcons, if they do want to keep him as the fourth tight end on the roster, they are going to have to make another roster move to sort of uh, free up that space. So again, uh, potentially another move is going to happen at least when Hesse, they have to make a decision about Hesse either to cut him or to cut somebody else in order to keep him Um, moving on to the offensive line, only eight offensive linemen, uh, with Willie Beavers probably being the other mild surprise in terms of guy not making the cut on offense. But again, that was something that we did talk about last Friday, uh, where he was not mentioned as a lock to make the team, but thought he was the front runner to be that ninth offensive lineman. And it did sound kind of like, you know, Arthur Smith did acknowledge him in his press conference today. So it, it does seem like at the very least, he's a practice squad guy. It does seem like at least in theory, we can maybe, you know, if you want to read into that, maybe consider Willie Beavers to be the 54th guy on the roster, not the 53rd guy. So we'll see how that goes. And and I think, you know, the, the ability to, to be able to activate two extra guys for your active roster, you know, may increase the chance that they could carry Willie Beavers on the practice squad, but have him on their active roster come week one. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, you know, in terms of Beavers not making the cut, his performances in the preseason game to my eye weren't great, but then again, he wasn't anywhere close to the worst uh, offensive lineman that the Falcons had in uh, the preseason games this year. You know, if you were ranking the top 10 offensive lineman that the Falcons had in camp, you know, I don't know where Willie Beavers would fit in, in that group. He's maybe he's not in the top 10, but then again, you know, I think you can make the case that Jalen Mayfield or, or Drew Delman weren't also in the top 10 among their most effective offensive linemen in this past preseason. So, you know, to be fair to Willie Beavers, you know, it's not necessarily his fault. Uh, You know, you could make the argument that, you know, of the nine guys, at least based off of their performance on the field that should have made the team, you know, maybe he was in that nine, right. Or he was just barely on the outside looking in. So, you know, the main question we have for the offensive line, you know, is not how many players we kept, but who's going to start at left guard. And it seems like Josh Andrews is going to be the guy. Maybe it's Jalen Mayfield. Maybe it's somebody else. Although I wouldn't necessarily put my money on somebody else uh, because you would assume that if the Falcons were looking for a guy that could start step in right away and start for them, you know, it would probably be a guy that they would have traded for today like they did, you know, back in the day with Andy Levitri back in 2015, the, the comparison that we've constantly used over the last wait, three months now, basically waiting for, the, you know, like, oh, is the starting left guard on the team? Um, but again, it's not impossible given the extra week that you have before the season starts that in theory, it's much more possible today to basically pick somebody up off the street and start them in 10 you know, in, in less than in, in 10 or so days of practice uh, to get them ready for the, the regular season, you know, in 2021, which you, which was very hard to do even in 2015 in, in past year. So, um, you know, we do technically have a ninth offensive lineman on the team though. That's Matt Gano. Cause he went on the reserve uh, physically unable to perform list or the pup list, uh, which means that he is going to miss at least the first six weeks of the regular season, uh, but he will be eligible to come back thereafter. Um, we know that Nick Gano's neck brace that he showed up into training camp wearing was off as of last week, uh, according to D Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And uh, 
we don't know quite the extent of his injury or, or the specifics of his injury, but in theory, he could come back later this year and be that ninth offensive lineman. So uh, we'll see if the Falcons maybe get a bridge between now and then. And that's where a guy like Willie Beavers potentially fits in. But, you know, chances are we're not really going to have this conversation about Gano again until, you know, November at the earliest. So we'll just sort of have to see how that all plays out and see if we get a little bit more information about Matt Gano at some point over the next, you know, two to three months. So uh, that's where we'll leave it with the offense. And we'll continue today's episode talking about the defense and special teams. But before we get there, guys, do want to plug that, you know, this Saturday, you guys got a lot of college football. We had some college football on last Saturday, but we got even more college football on this Saturday. And if you want to get geared up for a brand new season of college football, of course, the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered with a daily podcast devoted to either your favorite team and or your favorite conference, check out the Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Pac-12, whatever your favorite is on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So guys, does this sound familiar? You've got that one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're also watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way of finally getting your TV together. It's called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies, shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more needing to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package. So guys, did you know that built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet has many delicious flavors, whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me, or you prefer mint brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, coconut, raspberry, orange, or strawberry. There's something for everyone. And there's also the occasional limited time flavor too, such as coconut marshmallow puff. For those of you that want to eat a cloud, but also get their protein too. And you can try them all with a mix box and you'll want to, to get that healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar with none of the guilt. Built bars contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. My favorite, the coconut almond tastes just like an almond joy, but it's not just about built bars. Great taste. They're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. Again, candy bar taste with none of the guilt. Just head over to built.com and Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So, you know, defense, we had a, a few, a lot less surprises, none, none on the defensive line. Six guys wound up making it there. We, we openly wondered these last couple of days uh, over whether maybe a guy like Chris Slayton would slip in as the seventh defensive lineman. That was not the case. We'll likely see Taquan Graham or John Kaminsky getting a lot of those reps behind Tyler Davidson as the backup nose tackle because that was an area of concern for us entering the summer where it was like, okay, Deidre's not going to not necessarily be that guy. So who's going to be that guy? And the Falcons went out and got, you know, a whole bunch of big boys like Elianku and, and Olivier Sangapalo and John Atkins to help fill that role. And so they don't have that guy, but you know, it's not as necessary because the Falcons, you know, are running more of a four, three look and, and maybe want a little bit more disruptive capabilities on the interior than sort of that space eater. But it, 
wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, the Slaytons and the Ankus and, and maybe another options or two are, are retained on the practice squad. Um, four edges did make it. I'm not counting Brandon Copeland as an edge. I'm counting him among the linebackers where we have now five linebackers because Dorian Etheridge did make the cut there. We know Copeland has been spending the bulk of preseason playing as an edge. Although originally when he was signed, uh, the expectation was that he was going to play linebacker for the team. But then with the release of Barkevius Mingo, he got kicked out to edge. Uh, and so my suspicion was that he would move back to linebacker to help fill some of the depth there, because even though Dorian Etheridge did get some uh, preseason work in the games at Mike linebacker, in addition to playing that will linebacker, you know, in the event that, Foyer Olakun, the Falcons starting middle linebacker, uh, winds up missing time. I don't think we're going to see Dorian Etheridge go into the game, even if he's listed as the backup Mike on the depth chart or on the real depth chart, not necessarily the one that you see at AtlantaFalcons.com because it's fake because it doesn't have fullback on the team. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um, no, but, uh, you know, if in a world where Olakun, you know, does get nicked up for a game or two or whatever the case may be, my suspicion is Deion Jones will shift over to Mike. Michael Walker will go into the game as that wheel linebacker. And then even if there was another injury, you would probably see Mike Brandon Copeland playing that Mike linebacker before you saw Dorian Etheridge enter the game uh, in that regard. But that's my suspicion. But. With Etheridge making the roster, we do have an answer to a question that we had a couple of weeks ago after that Titans uh, preseason game where we wondered sort of, you know, between Dorian Etheridge and Errol Thompson as prime candidates to make the team, you know, what would it tell us about this coaching staff's preferences where you had a guy like Etheridge who was much more fast and rangy and, and, and played sideline to sideline and you had a guy like Thompson who was much more of a downhill thumper, but maybe be a little bit more instinctual than Etheridge was and sort of whether or not this new regime would, you know, basically buck the trend that we saw consistently under the Dan Quinn era, which is, you know, preferring those more athletic, rangy, fast linebackers and, and you know, instincts and whatnot be damned. Uh, but, you know, they didn't buck that trend. Uh, and Etheridge wound up, you know, sticking over Thompson, which, again, wasn't a major surprise given specifically how much special teams Etheridge did play. I think I don't know. You know, I didn't look at it after the Browns game, but I know going into that Browns game, he was like in the top five among all players in terms of special team snaps uh, through the first two preseason games. And we know that, you know, if this guy, given what we just talked about with sort of the Falcons having alternative options at linebacker, you know, whoever this quote unquote fourth, fifth. Um, you know, off ball linebacker would be if he was going to, you know, be active on game days, not because he's going to play a lot of defense is going to be because he plays a lot of special teams. So the fact that Etheridge got a lot of work on special teams and Thompson did not sort of hinted that, you know, if one of these two guys was going to wind up sticking on the team, Etheridge would probably be the, the likely option. So that proved to be the case. Uh, moving on to the cornerback position, six and a half corners made it because we're counting TJ Green as a half corner. Uh, given his extended reps, as I mentioned earlier, over the past month, filling in for Kendall Sheffield and getting back to that point, I sort of hinted at early on the episode with Kendall Sheffield. You know, one of the things that I learned in terms of the, the intricacies of roster construction that is changed uh, from previous years is that in order for a player to be eligible for the short term injured reserve, 
he has to be on the injured reserve after Tuesday's 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern deadline. I thought it before it was, oh, if you waited until the deadline and sort of officially submitted someone on IR, they would be allowed. But basically what it means is if the Falcons on Wednesday, today, as most of you are listening to this, decided to place Kendall Sheffield on, on the injured reserve, you know, and use that as their sort of roster move to free up a, a position to bring in somebody else at another position, um, you know, then – Sheffield will be eligible for the short-term IR, which would mean he would be eligible to return in as little as three weeks from now. So if Sheffield's injury is not necessarily a long-term one and it's just like, okay, he might miss another week or two, let's put him on the injured reserve, you know, free up a roster spot so that we can fill out somewhere else, you know, they could do that on Wednesday, but they couldn't do that on Tuesday is basically what if they did it on Tuesday, he'd be out for the year. And one player that he did wind up putting on injured reserve was Don Maggio on Tuesday. So he's done for the year. So it'll be fascinating to see if the Falcons wind up keeping him on the injured reserve uh, for the entire year, given that they already decided to part ways with Sterling Hoffrichter, who was already on injured reserve um, before he was cut last week. And if they do wind up keeping Maggio on the roster and cutting Hoffert there, you know, from my perspective, that just seems like purely out of spite for the old regime, the old front office. Like, oh, the guy that you drafted, yeah, we're cutting him. But the guy that we signed, you know, Don Maggio was technically the first signing of the Terry Fontenot era. You know, we're going to keep him around even if Cam Nizalek winds up, you know, being our long-term punter. We're just going to keep him out of spite. So, uh, you know, I'll be curious to see if the Falcons do that. Uh, you know, before we're talking about special teams, four and a half safeties with Green again counting as the half. No surprises for the four that did make it. Uh, we'll probably see Richie Grant play predominantly on special teams, but hopefully guys like him, guys like Darren Hall, Avery Williams as well, will get more opportunities late in the season. The hope is that the conversation come like November, December is that we're going to start to see more of those guys on the field on defense, uh, as opposed to initially probably those guys all playing sort of exclusively on special teams. Uh, but talking about Nizalek making the punting job, over Don Maggio, which is, we talked about this, I think, on Monday's episode, uh, which was that Nizalek ha- having that kickoff ability would probably give him the edge over Maggio for that job. Um, but obviously, Maggio being hurt also probably played, <laughs> it probably was a more uh, deciding factor in that regard. But, you know, the other sort of interesting roster news is that a couple of guys changed their numbers. Uh, Michael Walker went from 43 to 3, Dante Fowler went from 56 to 6, and, and, Nizalek went from six to nine. Nice. Uh, so uh, there you guys have it in terms of roster breakdowns. You know, we could go in depth, but if you thought that was going to happen, then that's telling me that you haven't been listening to Lockdown Falcons because a lot of the stuff we've been over and over uh, many times over the last couple of weeks. So if you, if you want to get specifics, you know, go back and listen to some of these, uh, you know, post preseason game episodes where we get into sort of nitty gritty about some of these camp battles and whatnot. But, um, you know, tomorrow's episode probably will be discussing any claims, any additional roster moves, any practice squad additions that the Falcons wind up announcing on Wednesday. Um, and unlike previous years, because of the more time off, you know, it's expected. And Arthur Smith also mentioned this in his presser that, um, you know, we probably will have a significantly more roster movement over the next couple of days around the league with teams, you know, shuffling guys in and out of their roster. 
uh, for the next week or so before they get geared up for that week one game. And I expect the Falcons to also be on that list. And, and Arthur Smith sort of indicated that they're going to be paying attention to what other teams are doing in the event that somebody that they think can upgrade their roster can upgrade their roster. So we'll certainly cover all those things in the meantime. And, you know, if you guys have any thoughts on the roster in terms of players that caught your eye, any cuts that caught your eye, any surprises for the Falcons or other teams out there, of course, I'm all ears for your type of feedback. And of course you can provide that on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. And uh, before we duck out of here, guys, I want to let you guys know about the Locked On Bets podcast because, you know, betting on college football, pro football, all these games that are coming up, Major League Baseball, in addition to all these other sports, doesn't have to be a guessing game because you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Lee's giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, his lock of the day. All day, every day on the Locked On Bets podcast presented to you by betonline.ag. And you can subscribe to Locked On Bets on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.